Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Calvary Chapel Caldwell invites you to our community Easter services Saturday, April 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, April 9th at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Featuring the musical drama This Is Love, a free barbecue, candy, and bounce house for the kids. For more information, visit us at calvarycaldwell.com. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is where we're at. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and uh, we'll get one to you. And we're making our way through Thessalonians. And, you know, it's so great to read the scripture, go through the word, because it really helps us to know what does God really tell us. And, you know, we live in a culture where everybody just sort of makes stuff up. Well, the Bible says that God helps those who help themselves. And uh, it's like, mm, that's not what it says. So tonight we're going to dig into 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So let's begin. All right, well, if you were here last week, you know, the last verse of chapter 3, verse 13, Paul said, So that he may establish your heart blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. And so Paul was encouraging them to live in holiness. And this is important because I don't know that you hear much about this these days, but this was part of the early church's doctrine that to live in holiness. And Paul was saying in the last verse of chapter 3 was he was encouraging that Jesus is coming back and you want to be living a holy life because you don't want him to come back when you're doing some unholy thing. And no one knows the exact day that Jesus is coming back. But I personally believe we're living in the last days. And if you look at all the events in prophecy, that all those things are going on. And so I believe that we should be listening to Paul's exhortation of living a holy life because we're living in the last days. So verse 1 of chapter 4, he says, Finally then, brethren, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more. And so what is Paul telling them to abound more and more in? Because you know, when the Bible was written, it didn't have chapters and verses. So, you know, so that we could find it because the book is so big. So they put chapter and verse. So the last verse of chapter three comes right before the first verse of chapter four. And so when he says, we exhort you that you should abound more and more, what is he talking about? Well, it was what he talked about in the last verse, and that is to live a blameless, holy life. Now, I think that this is a truth that somehow has gotten lost in the church in our culture because the Bible teaches a lot about living a holy life. In 1 Thessalonians 3, where he said that he may establish our hearts blameless in holiness. And then in Romans 12, 1, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you should present your bodies living sacrifices, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And as Christians, when we come to the Lord and say, God, here's my life. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for the work that you've done in my life. Now here's my life. And he doesn't want us to come to him and say, here's my filthy life. And I hope you like filth because I'm going to keep it filthy and I'm just going to bring it all filthy to you. Now the word holy means to be set apart, separated from unholy things of the world and sanctified for God's purposes. And you know, in the Old Testament, when they had the tabernacle and they had the instruments they used in the tabernacle, they were holy. And so they were set apart only to be used for that. So the vessels or whatever they had in there, they just used them just for that. So the picture is that 
as a Christian, that we give our life to God to be used for good things and holy things, and that we would not fill ourselves with unholy things. And so now, probably most people would say, oh yeah, that's probably a good biblical truth, that as Christians, we want to give ourselves as holy, acceptable to God. We want to live in a, a holy life. And we know that ultimately our salvation, holiness, comes through Jesus Christ. But what is holiness? If I were to say to you, do you believe that Christians should live a holy life? Most of you probably say yes. And then if I said, well, what is a holy life? Well, it's not determined by popular opinion. So the Bible tells us in the scriptures, it gives us very clear descriptions of what unholiness looks like. In Galatians 5.19, he tells us the works of the flesh, which are unholy activities, are adultery, that's sex outside of marriage, or sex with someone who's married, fornication, sex outside of marriage, uncleanness, lewdness, those are sexual immoral acts, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, all these things. He goes on, envy, murder, drunkenness, And he says, and I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And there in Galatians 5, he's talking about walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. Walking in the flesh is an unholy life, living after the lust of the flesh. And walking in the spirit is when the spirit of the Lord is leading you and guiding you to live a holy life where he cleanses you, he forgives you of your sin, and then he helps you by the power of the spirit of God to have a victorious life over those things. And so in 1 Peter 1.15, he said, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And so there's a lot about living a holy life. And it's talking about the way you live your life. And, you know, to be set apart for God, to live a life that pleases God. And so God doesn't force us to be holy. And that's important to note because you say, well, Pastor Bob, does that mean that if someone is a Christian, if they accept Jesus in their life, does that mean that they're automatically living a holy life? No, it's a choice. And the Bible tells us you get to choose to live holy or not. Now, here's the thing. It isn't something that we just do in our own strength. Once we choose to say, I want to live a holy life, I want to be cleansed from all the sin and filth in my life, and I want to be washed by his word, I want to be filled with his spirit, and I want to walk in holiness, then when we pray and say, Lord, help me to live a holy life, help me to follow you and walk in your spirit, then the Bible says that when we desire to live a holy life, then God gives us the will to do it. I love Philippians 2.13. It says this, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. See, when you pray and say, God, I want to live a holy life. I want to live my life in such a way that it pleases you. Help me to do that. Because for most of us, we recognize that we have a sinful nature and we want to do things that we shouldn't, say things that we shouldn't. And so we pray and say, Lord, help me to live a holy life. Because there's so many temptations, so many things to do that are unholy. And so Paul says in verse 1, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us and how you ought to walk and to please God. And so really that's kind of the whole idea is to live your life in such a way to please God. And Paul was encouraging them to live a holy life. Why? Because it pleases God. God wants every one of his children to live a holy, clean life. That is pleasing to God. God doesn't want any of his kids to live a filthy life, to be just living in the filth and the mire of sin. He wants you to live a holy life because that is the best kind of life to live. So he says in verse 2, For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God for sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Now, notice that he's talking about holiness, and he's talking about pleasing God. And then he says in verse 3, this is the will of God. Now, if you 
have your own Bible with you and you have a pen or a highlighter, I want you to underline in verse 3, this is the will of God. Underline it, highlight it, because there's not very many places in the Bible where it says, this is the will of God for you. And there's a couple places. And whenever I read those, I think, oh, I want to highlight that. I want to know that because I think that one of the most often prayer requests when people say, Pastor, will you pray for me, is I want to know God's will for my life. So here's one in verse 3. You can know this is God's will. There's another place in the Bible that's one of my favorites where it says this is God's will for you, and that is 1 Thessalonians 5 where it says rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we know that God wants everyone here tonight, if you are a Christian, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and give thanks in everything. And in everything give thanks. So to know that God wants you to be thankful, rejoicing, praying. And now in our text, what's another thing that you know is the will of God for your life? Verse 3 is to abstain from sexual immorality. Now, when he says this is the will of God, and he says your sanctification, the word sanctification just means to be set apart exclusively for God. So he's talking about living a holy life, being sanctified, being holy, set apart for God, and now he gives us, well, what does that mean? Abstain from sexual immorality. Now, I think this is a very important thing for every Christian in our culture to know what that means, because the Bible gives us very specific details about what it means to abstain from sexual immorality. And I think if we were just to get the most basic of statement of what does it mean, sexual immorality, a sexual immorality is any type of sexual act that is outside of marriage between a man and a woman. That's what Jesus said. Now, I'm not making this up. Now, if you guys don't know this, I need to clarify. Bob Larson did not design marriage. I don't know much about marriage other than I've been married for 28 years and that difficult. But other than that, I didn't make it. I didn't invent it. And I didn't write the rule book about it. But Jesus, he gives us what God's design and plan is for a good, healthy sexual relationship. And it's in marriage. In Matthew 19, Jesus said, for this reason, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Jesus is saying that this is God's design, that God made marriage, man and woman, to be together. And God designed marriage to be between a man and a woman exclusively. Now, I know that in our culture, that's not popular to say. And if I were on network TV right now in prime time, then I would be shut off. They would say, we're going to cancel his show because doesn't he know that we're promoting all kinds of other things? And so someone might say, well, Pastor Bob, what are you talking about? Well, throughout the whole Bible, God gives us a clear definition of what is moral and what is immoral. And in fact, when you kind of go way back to when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, remember they were in bondage, they were slaves in Egypt, and God brought them out of Egypt, and then Moses was bringing them to a promised land, and they were going to be God's chosen people. In Leviticus 18, when Moses brought them there and he was giving them laws for living life, in Leviticus 18, he says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. According to the doings of the land in Egypt where you dwelt, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan where I am bringing you, you shall not do, nor shall you walk in their ordinances. So when God brings them out of Egypt into the promised land, he said, Look, the way they lived in Egypt, don't live like that. The way they live in Canaan, don't live like that. Now, why did God tell them not to do that? Because they were very sexually immoral. And so God then in Leviticus 18, and you can read it all on your own in your own time, he gives them a list 
of forbidden, sexual, immoral things to do. And I'm not going to read it all because some of it's kind of geeky, but it's like he talks about incest, he talks about bestiality, he talks about homosexuality, and he just says there in Leviticus 18.22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman, it is an abomination. So God tells them in Leviticus 18, here's a bunch of stuff don't do. Don't be sleeping around with your relatives and your neighbor's wife and man with man, all those things. And then God repeated it again in Leviticus 20 so that there wouldn't be any confusion. He's saying, hey, you're my chosen people. You're set apart. And he said, don't live like the pagans in their sexual immorality. I'm just telling you what the Bible said, and I'm trying to help you understand it in a way that you can apply it to your life. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell invites you to our community Easter services Saturday, April 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, April 9th at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. This special service will feature the musical drama, This is Love, reenacting the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everyone is invited to this community event that features a bounce house face painting, candy for the kids, free pizza before the Saturday service, and a free barbecue after each Sunday service. Free lattes and Italian sodas for all first-time visitors. For more information, visit us at calvarycaldwell.com. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will